Welcome to Creative in Tech. Powered by Reed Speaker. Technology is constantly evolving, and the companies that adapt win. In this podcast, you'll hear from companies and thought leaders across various verticals who blend the art and science in one of the biggest growing spaces in technology, conversational AI. You'll hear how they're creating the touchtone experiences that will define the next generation of customer strategy. Join me, Carrie Roberts, your host for this podcast and the brand evangelist for North America at readspeaker.ai as we explore the intersection of creative and tech. Welcome to Branding Innovators, a live video podcast series event coming to you from the Creative and Tech Podcast Show powered by readspeaker.ai. I'm your host and moderator for this event. My name is Carrie Roberts, and I'm the brand evangelist for North America at readspeaker.ai. Today, we are having a panel discussion talking about brand and voice technology, how and why to get noticed in this new era of innovation. And before we get into our conversation, I want to introduce our panel. We have Audrey Arbini. She is the founder, CEO, executive producer at AudioBrain. Welcome, Audrey. Thank you. And we have Heidi Bailey. She is the VP of Futures and AI at the Integer Group. Welcome, Heidi. Hi. Nice to be here. And we also have Paul Hillier. He is coming in from London today. He is the head of Creative Programming International at Mood Media. Welcome, Paul. And we also have Susan Westwater. She is an author and CEO and co-founder of Pragmatic Digital. Welcome, Susan. Hello. I am excited to have you all here. I We did a panel the other day, such a, a great group of creative and innovative thinkers. And so I've been asking the first same question to every single person. And Heidi, I'm going to start with you on this question, which is how do you define the word brand in its simplest of terms? Yeah, I think, you know, there's been so many good answers to this question uh, as I was listening to some of the other podcasts as well. And I think one of the most interesting definitions that I've come across was actually in an article I read in Entrepreneur Magazine. And they stated it as your brand is your promise to your customer, which I love because, you know, as you know, a lot of my work, Carrie, uh, centers around consumers, customers, their emotions, their behaviors, their interests, what actually drives them to buy products, right? What actually drives them to do certain things. And so um, as that, I think this is such an interesting definition uh, because you then have to understand how your brand incorporates uh, what the customer wants into any of the branding activity that they do. Yeah, I I like that definition, especially again, kind of with your background as well. Paul, how would you define brand in, in your world in general? Um, well, I think being the only creative in the room, it's probably only right that I would do something slightly different. Um, and I think there's a, a lovely analogy that um, I heard a little while ago, and it's always stuck with me, and that's that if marketing is an invitation to join you on a first date, then your brand is the reason customers say yes. Um, it's all about building uh, meaningful emotional connections with people, um, it encompasses everything that you do, um, every interaction they have with your product or service, uh, every touch point as well. So whether that's a physical store, social media, web, press, everything you do just ladders back up to the brand. And it's how you make the consumer feel in that exact moment. Mm, I like I like all these definitions. Susan, anything to add here in your terms of, of defining a brand? Um, you know, I think of it very much as how you manifest your values. And again, Heidi, I love that. I've, I've seen that definition too of the promise um, and how you make that approachable and tangible to win the hearts and minds of your audiences. And Audrey, anything to add as well in terms of what a brand means to you? Yeah. A brand to me means it's the process of the art and the science of giving meaning, value, memorability, distinction to establish an emotional connection and preference and authenticity to the customer. I I am loving all of these in the way that they're stated. You know, we're talking about voice technology and some people are familiar with it, some people or not. Um, You know, this also can mean a lot of different things. Susan, I'm going to start with you on this. For those that don't know what voice technology is, how do you describe it to them? 
Um, at its highest level, and we start out there, even in just a presentation we gave yesterday, is it is any type of technology or modality where you can control that device with your voice. And it's really broad, but we start with smart speakers and then we go well beyond that. So it could be anything from a smart speaker to your phone, to your appliance, to any of those things where you get to use your voice as your, your primary input. Yes. And, and a lot of people, I think, you know, sometimes think about it as like Amazon Alexa, Google Assistant. That's maybe the initial thing they think, um, but it can go beyond that onto various devices. It doesn't have to be with that. It can be. Audrey, anything to add in terms of how you describe voice technology in its basic terms? Pretty much exactly what Susan said. I had very simply, it's voice and technology and using voice to control will complement the technology. And there's synthetic voice, speech recognition, um, using voice within all the technologies. And then there's the voice itself, where the voice controls the device or the device voice is responding back to you. So there's voice and technology. Yes. Yeah, I, I agreed. You know, I think, again, it can be kind of an expansive concept. Paul, anything you would add to this as well? Again, just from your background? Yeah, I think probably from my perspective, you know, my my background is predominantly in advertising, particularly audio advertising has been for nearly two decades now. So, um, I mean, it, it's, as already been said, it's the, it's the way we communicate with machines using just our voice as human beings. But actually, I also think that voice tech is how we're going to revolutionize the audio ad industry. Um, it's going to enable personalized, relevant, and engaging content for listeners. And what's really exciting is I think it's, it means that audio ads will become a two-way dialogue based on a call to action. We're not just talking at the listener anymore. We can now have a conversation for the very first time. And that's the bit that's got me really excited for the future. Yes. No, I agree. Heidi, any final thoughts on, on how you think of voice technology that you'd like to add? Yeah, I think for the first time ever, and what's so exciting about voice for sure is that it puts you in direct communication with a device, with a computer for the first time, right? So it's kind of like machine and human interaction. So, and it has the ability, you know, like what Paul mentioned before, if it's done correctly, to create a new relationship between us and also ultimately machines and ultimately brands and how you control that. So I think that's so exciting. And and so, yeah, that's kind of how I look at it in terms of how do you interact with the machine? And this is, you know, voice enables you to do that. Yes. So now that we've kind of distinguished again, our thoughts on brand and on voice technology, I want to go a little bit deeper. Paul, I'm going to start with you on this one. Both you and Andre really focus, like you said, a lot on sonic branding, audio branding, things of that nature. And you mentioned a little bit just a moment ago, but kind of, you know, we're seeing, um, you know, a lot of different things happen. So what would you say, what's different about voice technology that pushes the envelope in terms of sound and voice and audio in ways we haven't heard before. I don't know if you want to expand on what you mentioned earlier or you want to add some other ideas to this. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the, the most obvious thing is, is the dynamic audio opportunity that AI presents. Um, you know, historically, my background and a lot of kind of creators' background was working in commercial radio. Um, and that was always fun. It still is fun, but it's a one-to-many medium. Um you know, you, with digital audio now, it's a truly one-to-one -one experience. You know, users are logged into platforms like Spotify, Amazon Music, uh, podcast apps like Acast. And we know so much more about the end user. Um, and brands can really use that to their advantage. By merging audio and data together, they can create dynamic, personalized audio experience for consumers listening on those platforms. Um, there was a great study done actually by a million ads recently um, that showed that three quarters of consumers are actually turned off by generic repetitive ads. Um, and by using dynamic audio and making campaigns dynamic, we can fundamentally deliver the same message, but execute it in multiple creative ways based on the user profile, their preferences, the listening session, the moment they're in, if they're at the gym or they're studying or whatever and obviously retargeting as well. Um, and what's, what's incredibly exciting is you, you've got such a wide audience profile as a brand. Traditional radio is, is, is a one-size-fits-all approach. 
And that kind of no longer works in, in the, the day and age we are now. You have an, a, a customer who's 18-year-old, a customer who's 45-year-old, they're both going to respond to completely different creative treatments. And ordinarily, you would have to use just one creative to target them all. Whereas now with AI and voice, you can apply a different music bed, a different voiceover, even different script copy, personalize it exactly to, to the user and their, and their listening preferences. And by using that dynamic approach, you can actually generate much higher rates of purchase intent. And those ads are usually considered way more relevant by the user listening to them as well. Um, that also means that consumers are more willing to share their data with brands because they know those ads are more relevant. So for me, dynamic and agile is absolutely key, but brands still need to leverage their consistent brand assets, things like Sonic logos, to help the brand cut through. But when you put that all together, it's a really exciting experience ahead of us. Yeah, that actually reminds me of, I mean, we're still doing it, but when it first came out, you know, email, being able to segment and really speak to your audience in the way that they want. Now we're able to do this with voice, as you just mentioned. Audrey, anything to add here again in terms of like, okay, we've been doing sonic branding. How does the voice technology kind of push the envelope for audio and music and things of that nature? I think it pushes it tremendously. I've been doing um, sonic branding for 25 years. And I did my first IVR system probably 20 years ago. And everything was recorded with a human voice. Uh, where it makes changes and where it's fantastic, particularly for me, is I have many things that I use voice on that started out with human voices, but now they're adding so many different features. They're going so many different places and it's just not feasible. I've tracked down these people, you know, but the voices sounded robotic. There was no, um, human characteristics to them. So people didn't like them. But now technology has become so advanced that it's becoming very conversational and very human-like and very much more affordable than the first big ones that I did, the biggest ones that I did. Um, And so I think, you know, in entertainment, in media, when you, uh, the interaction that's, that's established that you could do between artists and their fans and when they're there. And, but at the same time, um, there are people like Paul or people like me who do these things. We're working on something right now that's so crazy. It's so spatialized. It's, it's something that doesn't exist right now. And that fascinates me because it doesn't exist right now. Uh, and I just think that it brings so much value. But where I get concerned is that it has to be consistent. When we do sonic branding, we have a research phase. We have a development phase, a strategy phase. We live that brand. And if that voice really, or those uh, dynamic ads really need to be done by people or with people that have a clear understanding of the brand blueprint, their audio DNA, their what makes that brand sound with, as Paul said, the logo, the room warming soundtrack, the executive walk-ons, everything else that makes up the, the universe of sound of this brand. So it's exciting, and yet I still think we're a little a little wild west. I think there's some companies doing it really well. Yours, in particular, is one, uh, Carrie, and I think that there's great value in adding it. Great value. Yeah, I, I think you're right. It's it's like you said, there's there's so many kind of new things that we can do now, but it's also about how do we keep that on brand. Susan, anything to add here again and how voice technology is really kind of pushing that envelope in terms of sonic brand and audio and things of that nature. Yeah, absolutely. Like three like three hundred applauses for Audrey and the whole concept of consistency, because it's very important that that brand be consistent on every touch point, not just the audio, but the other touch points. So it's very important that you get that right. Otherwise it's going to um, basically not ring true, no pun intended, 
But I think it's also forcing there to be an intentional thinking that happens to the audio that we are putting in experiences. Um, you know, back in my days when I was back at Leo Burnett, it was sort of like, okay, this is the music we want to start with. And then by the time we got through the production budget, it was like, okay, what needle drop can we use because we can't license or think through that. And now it's don't leave that money on the table of how to support your brand be intentional. And it's not about just picking up someone else's brand and and borrowing it. It's thinking through your sonic identity, your audio identity of everything from your voice to the characteristics that are embodied in the sounds and the music you use, because it's more than just music. And so I think it's really important to be intentional so that it is all that connective tissue that happens from radio to TV, you know, above the line, below the line, and now into the audio space that we have that is voice. Can I just add one thing to what Susan said, because it just popped in my head. This is really unbelievable. But when we were doing Whirlpool and KitchenAid appliances, which was a really big initiative during our discovery phase, because we want to check things, and I won't name them on this, but two gigantic competitors had the same piece of stock music uh, in their advertising. I find that incredible how that happens when you're that big and somebody out there is not doing their homework. I, yeah, I want to actually add to that before I get to Heidi, because um, I always say, you know, we at Read Speaker AI do custom branded voices. Um, and I always think about when podcasting first came out, this is exactly what you said, Audrey, where people would, they wanted some sort of music for their show and they paid $5 on a site where you could use what everyone else did. And people were like, oh, it doesn't matter. I don't, I don't care. Well, then what happened when Spotify started getting into podcasts and everyone had a podcast, you started noticing, well, one tech company had the same music as another tech company or one retail had the same as another. And they said, well, wait, I don't want to be associated with them. I want my own brand. And now this, this concept of, wait, it needs to be branded came into fruition. And I see a lot of that now in terms of voice technology. You know, we see things on Amazon Alexa or Google Assistant and we're hearing that same voice. And so now it feels like it's Alexa or it's Google and it's not our own. And so Heidi, I want to come to you and kind of talk a little bit about, you know, why is the need to kind of brand a voice or a sound, do you think important for brands in general? I know you work a lot in the retail and e-commerce space in terms of kind of what we're talking about here. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, and I'm going to take, you know, um, that's a great question in terms of, uh, some of the work that I've been doing um, when it comes to emotional connection and and different things like that with consumers. And I don't really have any proof or data, but through the research I've done, I've kind of come to this conclusion or hypothesis really, is that one of the reasons that we're seeing kind of this massive decline, right, within uh, customer or consumer loyalty with brands is truly is if you think about digital and your interactions that you're having today with digital devices or digital sites or whatever it might be. And Paul, you kind of touched upon this before, but it's really been just a one-way conversation, right? It, there is really no interaction. There's no emotional connection happening there. And so because of that, you can, you know, anytime another cool product comes up, or, uh, you know, a recommendation engine or, or somebody recommends something to you and you look at it, it has really great reviews or something like that. You're like, oh, you know, I'm just going to buy it because you do not have that emotional, physical connection with a brand. And this is what's happening in the digital space, right? And so for me, when I think about the need of a branded voice, you know, brands need to use it to change their interaction with customers. This is where voice comes becomes so incredibly important because if you're using it correctly, right, in your digital spaces and in any of your digital spaces, and if it is branded and it follows who the brand is, but ultimately also what the customers want, you know, whether that's on mobile, on your mobile app, if that is on your website, if it's through your social, um, social channels, wherever that may be, you know, wherever you're, even, even if it's in commerce, right? If you think about your interactions there, if it's done correctly, right? You start to create more of that emotional connection and hopefully that loyalty um, back to you for your brand. Yes, I agree. Paul, anything to add here? You know, you talked a little bit about, you know, kind of segmenting and being able to adjust your ad and how it speaks to users in an audio component. 
do you think about not only the music, but about the type of voices that you're using and how to kind of scale that in some capacity? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I think, um, I think AI and synthetic voice is a huge opportunity for brands, particularly on audio streaming platforms. Um, I would say in particular for content that maybe doesn't require multi-voice or particularly personality-led discussions, but for things like advertising, maybe even news, branded content, it's absolutely the direction of travel, I think, that the industry will be going. And interestingly, I think it's also a huge opportunity for voice actors and talent, um, but only for those that are willing to pivot, I think, into the AI world. Um, I can imagine there's a lot of you know, actors out there that are scared that the computers are going to steal their their, their business. Um, but I actually think it could be a watershed moment. Um, for some sectors, AI could well become the default position for most audio content in the future. Um, and when you're faced with a like a macro wind of that size, you can't fight it. You should never fight it. Just go with it. Find new business models. Maybe license your voice to be in AI solutions. Um, you know, years ago on, on the BBC in the UK, they would offer repeat fees because you're an actor in a in a in a TV program. Well, I see the same thing happening here with maybe AI in the future, whereby there's a model whereby you have your voice modeled by AI and you get a repeat fee every time a customer uses your voice. Um, you know, I think nobody wants to be in the 2000 blockbuster netflix position where they just didn't they just laughed at it and thought whatever netflix who and look what happened you know i think for for voice actors in particular if they don't sit up and take this seriously there there could be a problem coming down the track for them and that's not to say that that will happen for everyone because I think Audrey mentioned it before, you know, the holy grail of AI really is, is so that humans can't tell the difference between a real VO and AI. Um, Google Duplex did an amazing demo back in 2018 when the Google Assistant called a restaurant to make a booking and the AI has a full-blown conversation uh, with the uh, person that rendered a phone and it takes lots of twists and turns and the AI just handled everything flawlessly and it sounded so natural and so realistic. So for things like that, it makes sense, but you know, I think in some scenarios, some categories, maybe sensitive topics, things like cancer treatment or, you know, for film and maybe some games whereby I, I, I see the need for real humans, um, for really emotive, nuanced scripts, then there will always be a place for true voice actors. But I can absolutely see the, the AI revolution coming down the track. And I think it's going to be a faster than we realize. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that because like you said, it's like you either try to figure out how do I adjust and be a part of this or you're going to end up losing. And so we've seen this so many times in history with technology. Like you said, obviously, Blockbuster Netflix is a perfect example. And so we're seeing a lot of this kind of change. Um, Audrey, why would you say it's important for brands to be using technology and how would you suggest maybe a company continues to innovate in ways that they can use new forms of technology? Well, I think Paul just said it right there. Um, we are in a sound first era. And we have devices that have no visual real estate. We have cars, we have medical equipment. The rate that this is developing is astronomical to me from what I was doing with with voice and sound and music then and now. And there's some reasons for that. One, the technology is so much more advanced. Two, always remember that the consumer is in the driver's seat. They have choices. And if you're not doing innovative things with your brand and you're not standing out, I have brands that don't have anything and don't know anything about this. And they're going to get left in the, in the dust because there's so much that they're going to miss out by incorporating this. I have one, I'll, I'll talk really fast, but I have, uh, if any of you go to Voice Den, Terry Fish, Dr. Terry Fisher's Voice Den, right? I don't know if you noticed like a few months ago after the voice den and there's one coming up, we go into like a party space and we did the sound and it's all, and he has this podcast and he has other things that he does. 
you go into this party space and it's it's unbelievable because like as you get say closer to the stage it gets louder because you would naturally get louder as if you were walking through and all the little avatars we talk to each other in the room and it's really unique and it's really special and you can hear the ocean outside but if you go down towards the ocean of course it gets louder like it naturally would that's a unique experience that's a lot of fun um and and i advocate for it is because you have to have consistency people are hearing you on so many different platforms that if you start to sound this way here and this way there and this way here and this way there you don't seem authentic and they'll just pick it up and move on that's my opinion did i answer your question yeah no i think it's like you said you know how can brands kind of um you know, why is it important for them to use voice and how do they kind of stay innovative? I think you just gave a perfect example of, you know, just because we're not there, there's kind of this augmented reality piece that we can have sound mimic what would be doing if I was walking closer to the ocean, like you just said, it would get louder in real life. So how do I do that with these kind of different experiences with technology? Susan, anything to add here, either off of Audrey or just in terms of, again, why... Can I uh, add one sentence? Yeah. Mm -hmm. The most important reason, and I'm Susan, I'm sorry to interrupt you. The most important reason is that people crave emotional connection. That is paramount. You're buying things that you can't touch. You're, you're, you have things that aren't, don't feel real. And, and like Heidi said, the right voice or a consistent voice that's just right for that, that brings it to life, that gives it an, a heartbeat, that gives it an emotion. That is the most important reason to do this. Yes, I know I'm Heidi. Sorry, no, you're good. I know Heidi's probably sitting there like, oh, because I know how much she loves the emotional connection as much as me. But Susan, I want to come to you also and just kind of, you know, your thoughts on, on why brands should be a part of voice technology. And again, similar to what Audrey is saying, how do we kind of think of these innovative ideas and how to use it? Um, voice is becoming a really important part of it. We know that even in AR and VR, if you don't get the voice right, you don't get the sound right. It doesn't matter how amazing the graphics are. You have to have all of those things nailed. And now as we're starting to hear concepts like the metaverse coming out and things along those lines, it's even more important that we start thinking about how do we um, transcend the the traditional you know traditional ways that we do things and move into it so that my brand can exist in the metaverse in the here and now in the virtual and be able to be consistent while the connectivity is going to be voice because it's one of the important parts of how that all gets connected in the first place and we also need to know about these technologies because as we found out in the past 20 months every once in a while one of our channels can just drop off the face of the earth for 18 months what happens when I can't have that connection in store because people are not going there or they can't be on premise to experience it? How do I expand that? And this audio and voice are ways to be able to do that because um, as I, I like to say, you dance to music, it brings an emotion into you and it makes you do something and it makes you move um, and it moves your emotions. So those are important things that we have to be able to do when we're missing all of the physical connections that we, you know, that we want. Yes and, have. Yeah. yes. and as a dancer myself, that mm -hmm. makes me, that makes me excited because I get it. There's, it's a feeling, you know, you have when you hear certain things that we forget kind of of the other senses because we're so inundated with just visual, but there's so many other things that are important. Heidi, I'm sure you want to add something here in terms of emotional connection, or again, just when you're hearing all of this, what you're thinking of how brands can kind of stay innovative in this voice technology world. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, obviously, emotional—the uh, um, emotional connection—is so incredibly important. But as I was doing some research a couple of uh, a couple of months ago, I came across this article, and this person, his name is Seth Horowitz, who is an auditory uh, neuroscientist. And essentially, we always think uh, of ourselves as being very visual, right? Like we, everything needs to be visual. We need to look at images, those types of things. Where in essence, like all of the stuff that he is actually working on uh, shows that humans can perceive sound faster than they can actually see, taste, smell, or touch. And so if you think about that, right? So he states it takes our brain at least one quarter of a second 
to process the visual recognition. But with sound, you can recognize that in one uh, in 0.05 seconds. And our brain is so adept at hearing the differences between sounds that we can actually, uh, we can sense those changes in sound, like if, some, if there's a negative tone or a positive tone, in less than a millionth of a second. So if you think about that, when, when it comes to voice technology and how we approach brands, right, is that you not only need to think about what the to- what, who your voice is or who your talent is, or if it's, you know, those types of things, but you have to ensure and using, you know, Paul, you mentioned this, how do you personalize experiences? What do customers actually want? Because somebody might want to have a humorous interaction with a brand. Others are maybe a little bit more serious or others are there for mission, right? And so if you, you know, if you start to think about that and you fine tune it, that's kind of when you can get it right um, within the voice space. And that's truly when you start to drive really great and personalized interactions. Yes, I am always a fan when we add that research to it, uh, because I think that that's equally important. Like you said, again, how much faster we kind of resonate with a sound. Paul, can you either share either from your organization or others? Um, are you are there any companies that you're seeing that are doing voice technology really well in terms of showcasing their brand and creating that connection? Is there any that come to mind, again, either that you have worked with or that you've seen outside of your own organization? Yeah, I mean, I have to be careful here because unfortunately, as we do work with some pretty amazing brands, but unfortunately, the world of NDAs means that they don't like you talking about it very often. Um, so um, I can I can I can give you some very generic examples for us at Mood. I think um, probably one of the com- I mentioned them earlier actually, but um, I think one of the companies that really is doing some great. Uh, work in this space is a million ads. Um, they're originally based in London, um, headed up by a really great guy called Steve Dunlop, who since moved to New York to set up the US team as well. Um, and they specialize in predominantly dynamic audio, but they also do dynamic video creative as well. Um, they work with platforms like Spotify, SoundCloud, DAX, and many more brands like Audible, Virgin Atlantic, uh, Ben & Jerry's. Um, but obviously, my my particular passion is music and a lot of what we do at mood is creating music and experiences for brands. And they did a really fantastic campaign for Warner music to launch a new artist called Ashnika on Spotify. It was a campaign using, um, real time contextual data kind of tapped into the user listening moment and the session to know exactly what they were doing at that time. And then use dynamic audio to turn the ad into a conversation based on what that user was doing at that exact moment. And that kind of allowed Ashniko to have a conversation and speak with her fans in a real personal way. There was dynamic creative, dynamic script lines. Um, everything was kept fresh, so the ad didn't didn't um, cause ad, uh, ad fatigue. Um, and actually, I think the campaign saw like a 4x increase versus like a standard generic one-fits-all creative. Um, and that's a really great example of, of companies like that that are really leaning into the, the dynamic creative. Um, we did something similar at Mood with a, a major U.S. grocery retailer. I can't mention them, but um, we effectively created 5,000 personalized spots for them, which would have taken weeks if we'd done that the old-fashioned way in the studio. But we did it with a mixture of AI, um, dynamic creative, and we got that down to just days in the end and obviously a considerably lesser cost to the client. So the client was happy. Um, the campaign was successful, drove some great metrics. Um, and as I say, I think it's just the start of, of where this is heading, really. Yeah, no, I I think, you know, what you're all saying, too, is this ability with voice to be able to just be more interactive and less one-sided, um, you know, really kind of thinking outside of the box, I think is just a huge value to that. Susan, any companies that you can share that you think are doing voice technology really well in terms of um, showcasing their brand and making it interactive, something that you think is doing great in the space? Um, one example, and, and I, I've shared that with you, is um, one of the things we did for the Open Voice Network was when we created their voice skill, we started with a very deep dive into who should this voice be and making very distinct decisions about gender, but not just gender, but um, accent, all of those pieces, and then adding on to that further to use uh, sonic signals to make sure that um, we could control that whole conversation that happens of here's when to speak or here's an indicator of where I can't answer that question now or I can or you can ask for something more. Um, I think that was a really fun exercise and it really helps open the opportunity that I think everyone, every brand has. When you start to create a voice experience, 
there's a whole front end that you can do, you know, like we talk about front end and back end in the digital world. Um, that whole front end is incredibly rich. And there are lots of places where you can start to add and bolster and put that piece in, staying true to your, your, your voice, but making sure that you're right sizing that tone to the response that you're trying to have. Um, in, in anything like even with um, when Lucky Charms went out and created their voice skill, they knew not to have Lucky, the character, talking the whole time. They thought through in very distinct moments of when it's Lucky's voice or when it's the narrator's voice. And so those are those are interesting to see the interplay of multi-voice, but also seeing the interplay that we see in those experiences of when it's appropriate for your brand to come forward and when it's supposed to just be really helpful and guide you on your way. So I think those are the important things. And those are the things I get really excited about. Yeah, I, I like that you brought that last example up as well, because I do see a lot of uh, voice experiences where they have that one voice, but then the narrator is the generic voice. And it kind of takes you out of the experience. And so you have to kind of be thinking about, like you said, the full thing. Heidi, anything to add here in terms of are there any companies you're seeing doing this really well? Or maybe ideas that you have of ways that you would love for brands to maybe use voice technology? Yeah, and Paul, I understand your world of NDAs really, really well as well. So not much I can share about the work that we're doing, but you know, one of the uh, one of the most interesting case studies that I've come across lately on how voice is being used, um, and also kind of the increase in technology, right? Like, how do you the del- delivery mechanism of how voices are being used is a company called Gatebox. Um, their site is Gatebox.ai. If you guys want to go check them out, but. Um, what they do, it's it's like a home assistant and it's a conversational AI, but it offers emotional support and companionship through the use of also like VR, AR imagery. So it's a round box. There's like a little, you know, figurine and an animated character that kind of sits in it and you can have interactions with it. Um, and, um, you know, it, it sits on symbiotic AI technology. And so it, you know, the more you interact with it, the smarter it gets. And then you can also kind of choose your character and, and who you want it to be. And right now, I think the intention of it is to really offer that emotional support and also, you know, uh, more of a conversational AI. But I think what would be really, really interesting, not sure if any brands are taking, you know, taking this into consideration yet, but what if, you not only understand what the tone of voice you your AI you know or your your voice needs to be, but who is your persona as well? If you're looking at the digital space and also at the metaverse, I think Susan, you brought that up before, right? Like, what if you know you are a? I'm a super fan of sneakers. I love the sneakers app. I try to win a lot of the different drops, right? So, what if the sne- sneakers has a spokesperson who lives in the VR AR world but is sitting in my house? And they alert me of drops happening, right? And they alert, they're like, hey, Heidi, this is the sneakers dropping today. Do you want me to bid on it for you? Yeah, sure. Yes, please do so. And hopefully I win, right? Have a better chance of winning. But I think that's a very interesting use of both voice and uh, and imagery um, and technology in that space. I was really excited to see, to see, or I'm really excited to see where they take it, where it goes. No, I again, I love kind of that blend of voice with some of these other things coming out or that are here, VR and AR as well. Audrey, any that you can share again, either that you've worked with or other companies you're seeing that you think are doing voice um, and using brand really well? Well, I know the world of NDA. <laughs> Uh, so I know we all have so much to share. We can't. Uh, <laughs> I, I really can't, but it's probably, you know, heard millions, tens of millions of times a day, but they're branching out into other things that are going to be pretty phenomenal. Um, as far as ones that I think that are doing really well is I'm pretty fascinated. And Susan probably knows about this too. It says, I really love the work that Canary Speech is doing. Um, because, um, they're using biomarkers and they can have a real conversation. And yet I can say to a kid, um, how was your day at school today? And they can say, it was great. Or how was your day at school today? It was great. It can detect the tonality and the emotion that the patient or person is feeling and converse back. And I'm fascinated to see where they go 
because that's a whole field that is really going to affect this. Um, I've had a company, two of them in one week, want me to do the same way you do your fingerprint on your iPhone, to do my voice marker. Okay, so now I'm going to repeat my voice 10 times. And then at, at a certain point, I started getting a little, I don't know if I should be doing this yet, uh, but I will. But that's where, where, where things are going. And those areas really fascinate me. Um, and if I want to talk about a company that I think is doing, and you're all going to laugh because everybody laughs when I say this, but a company that I really follow what they're doing and work. Uh, I really like what Disney does on the level of consistency their uh, emotional connection on every single touch point. I loved what they did with um, Google with the little golden books, interactive books. So like when I was a little kid, you'd read along with the book. So you, um, it's a skill and you, you, get the book and you go through it with your kid and it reads also and it won, won several awards, I believe. And I also like, you know, what, um, what Amazon did with the, with the Disney, with the bedtime stories. Um, but they, I want to see them get more conversational. Once we get to that point where we're having real conversations those voices are going to be invaluable and they are going to, it, it's, in the past four, three years, four years, this entire landscape changed. That's a pretty short window if you want my opinion. Yeah, I agree. And I think you're right. Um, you know, there's a lot of voice technology skills that I will see. They're just using kind of an MP3, which can work in some capacity, but something that's much more conversational is better. I will say uh, from a banking standpoint, because um, I've worked with them for a while, Charles Schwab has, a. you do have to do a, a voice print. Um, their IVA is amazing. I mean, it's it's one of the best that I've heard in terms of banking. It's very natural. It's very easy and I rarely have to speak to a person. Um, so there are ways to do it where it's a great experience. Um, and a lot of that, you know, comes from a mindset and thinking, which brings me to the question um, is, you know, how does an organization, if they're listening to this, or they're watching this and they're saying, okay, I want to be a part of voice technology. I want to have my brand stand out. I'm not sure how to do that. Or maybe my company isn't on board. Um, Heidi, I'll start with you. Do you have any suggestions of how to get creative, how to think outside of the box so that you can create a unique experience using this technology that showcases your brand, but it's also something that the customers or the audience is going to like and enjoy? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, you have to, first and foremost, you have to make the experience uh, mirror or useful to your audience, right? Your customer. What, what would a human conversation with that person look like, right? So you start there, obviously research data, different things like that. Uh, but some of the techniques and different ways that we that we look at, you know, how do you get to the what if question? What if we could do this, right? I've created kind of a framework. And, you know, we always, see, we always talk about having lots of different voices, diversity, different things like that when you're building these types of, uh, of experiences in the room at the same time. And so um, through this technique and, and kind of framework that we've created, it allows for you to pick up on signals of things that are happening in the world today. Um, and then you start to brainstorm around those. What if this happens? What if, you know, is it a positive impact? Is it a negative impact? If we do this, what is going to happen to our customer base? Is it going to increase loyalty? Is it going to decrease? Those types of things. And so by doing it in a group session, all of a sudden you're getting all sorts of different interesting ideas of what could potentially happen that spark a lot of creativity um, and basically um, becomes the foundation of how you then start building. But then obviously you need to ensure that you're also um, looking at your overarching objectives and strategy inside the company to make sure it fits into that as well, right? How are you filling a gap? Is it filling a void? And if not, I think Paul mentioned this earlier, there may be instances where voice is not necessary or not needed. 
uh, but others where there are, right? And so that's kind of how you start to identify um, those pockets of opportunities and and um, creative ideas. Yeah, I, I like that kind of blend of creative, but also looking at realistically, you know, what makes sense here? Does this make sense? Paul, for you the same, you know, are there suggestions for companies or brands that you have in terms of how to think outside of the box, how to get creative, how to think of what if, as Heidi just said, in terms of this technology? Yeah, I'd agree with everything that Heidi said. She made some great points. Um, I, I, I would just make three um, pretty pretty short, simple points. First one, be brave. I mean, innovation rarely happens by playing safe. So you need to think big, be prepared to take calculated risks, and ultimately partner with a company that has proven success in this field because they can guide you. Um, that's my three key takeaways, really. Yeah, I think that's great. Susan, anything to add here in terms of being creative, thinking outside the box? Um, a lot of times uh, the client teams we're working with already have been asked about a thousand times to do more with less. And so we look at them from an idea of how do you work with the content you have? How do you work with the problems you're solving now? Um, let's see if you're doing that well work there. And um, let's stop resolving that problem if you're doing that well. And then start looking into, like Heidi said, look for those gaps of what can't we solve because voice isn't that silver bullet, but also come at it from a crawl, walk, run. Like Disney didn't get to be Disney. Um, Great example, Audrey, of Disney didn't get to Disney overnight. So don't make your, compare yourself, you know, as they say, don't compare your first chapter to someone's 10th. Make sure that you're doing a crawl, walk, run, and that you have a whole idea of be prepared for optimization. I think that's one of the biggest lessons that everyone needs to have when they are doing these things, especially in the world of voice. And it is a conversation. Uh, Users rarely do what we expect them to do in the first place, even more so when we start letting them talk and use their own scripts. So it's a matter of being able to have it worked in there where I'm going to go back and I'm going to adjust, I'm going to optimize, and I'm going to make sure that I'm serving their needs while making sure I'm achieving objectives. And I'm going down this path of, again, iteration, iteration, iteration. Um, And I think that's the biggest thing that we help our our marketing clients understand is the work gets done, but it's never finished. And so make sure that we can continue to keep that going because then you're going to start to build this trust with them that you're going to deliver on what you promise. And then you're also going to get these great learnings that help you make even bigger, better strides to being able to just build out these great experiences. Yeah, I agreed. Again, being able to not just one and done, you have to keep going back, especially with voice and how do we improve this? What do they need? I think that's an important point. Audrey, any last thoughts here too, in terms of being creative or a tip that maybe you have for organizations and brands in terms of voice technology? Um, I'll start with the two different groups. There's the people that really have have fallen behind very quickly. And for those people, I suggest that you go to a lot of the webinars. So many of them are free and learn. Just learn something as much as you can. On the creative side, what we do with our clients after we do our audit and our competitive and everything else and our recommendations, we have the project at hand, but we map out what the future might look like. Now, we're not doing it now, but we do do it with really nice graphics and things that we're seeing that, what if they did this? What if they did that? So we plant the seed. So many years ago when we did the Xbox 360, before we even finished doing that, we were already on another phase that we had put in a you know, long range, uh, experience part. The other thing to also, and I'll I'll leave with this is that, um, whoever said be brave, sometimes we have clients that are asking us things and we know there's a better way to do it. And we could, we want to recommend to them to do it in a different manner and, my rule to my composers in their in-house, um, they want it, they want to change, they want it to do it different. And the rule is you need to do what we're being, the assignment is. Once you do that, you are free then to rec, to play around and 
think outside and let's brainstorm about this other thing you have. Because as long as the client is in the comfort zone and is hearing what they're expecting to hear, it's okay to give them something else that makes them go, oh. But if you just gave them that old thing without what they're intending to hear, uh, they're not going to be very receptive. So that's the rule of my company. You could, as long as you deliver what your assignment is, you can do whatever you want. And if it, if it's works, if it's crazy, if it's whatever. And we have had clients that, you know, we've had like eight soundscapes and for this health heart product and, uh, they wound up, uh, taking them all because they just were like, they're so different and let's just make it where it's customized. And depending on what somebody's doing, their level of athlete, whether they're an athlete or doing it for health. Uh, so that's my thing is again, be brave, experiment, and don't be afraid to take a project. I've taken projects where I wasn't really certain how I was going to get to the top of the spire, you know, but I could see the spire, figure the rest out on the way up, which is what we're doing right now with this product that doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think too, what you're saying too, is that element of you're building trust with a potential customer. And when they trust you, then they feel maybe more apt to be a little bit more open, which I think is an important point as well. Um, we are at our time here. So I want to thank you all for being here. If people want to learn more about anything we spoke about, they want to connect. Paul, where is the best place to do that for you? Uh, movemedia.com. Um, just hit us up on that and someone in the team will put you through to me. Perfect. Susan, where's the best place for you? You can always find me or Scott, my co-founder on LinkedIn or at pragmatic.digital, our website. Perfect. Audrey, where's the best place to connect with you? The best place to connect is also LinkedIn on Audrey Arbini or go to our website, audiobrain.com. And there's a button that says info at audiobrain.com and it will send an email and we'll get right back to you. Perfect. And Heidi, where can people connect with you or learn more? Um, you can also uh, connect with me on LinkedIn at Heidi Bailey22. And then you can also find... Uh, find us online at integer.com and uh, of course on all the social sites sites at um, the integer group. Perfect. Well, thank you all so much for being here. I appreciate it. And if you are watching and listening, don't forget to subscribe to our Read Speaker AI YouTube page. You'll see all of the video interviews we have done, as well as our audio podcast, Creative and Tech, wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you are part of our Branding Innovators event, we have one more talk later today and we hope to see you then. Thank you for listening to Creative in Tech. Want to learn more about conversational AI, text-to-speech, or be notified of our upcoming episodes and events? Learn more at readspeaker.ai.